0: 5,
1: 4, get ready, 2, 1
2: Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yale. Yell <laughs> Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With, With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Walson, and a few surprises along the way. Like Eris Schoenweiss. Oh, and now, Disney Vault Talks, Rebel Yell.
1: They come on.
2: See, here's the thing. You get in my head before we start recording about not messing up. And you know what I do? I just mess up. I just completely mess up. And actually, I'll tell you what was happening in my brain. I was like, gosh, Steve, you sound so pretentious in this intro. It's terrible. Why are you doing this to yourself? This is ridiculous. And why are you trying to be like other podcasts in your intro? You're not being yourself. I was really breaking myself. And then I realized, oh, I forgot to insert Arish's name like a dumb butt. Welcome to Rebel Yell, everyone. What a way to end it all. Gee whiz. It's not just me, though. I'm Steve Glosson. Glad to be along with you as we talk the finale, the final episodes of uh, Star Wars Rebels. And, wow, what a what a punch in the gut. But just as Star Wars does, leaving us with some hope as it is, it's not just me, though. Along with me is the aforementioned yet lately late-mentioned. Um, I know him best as my brother from another mother. He's been a staple since last season on this show, and he's been a... Joy to have with us, and I'm so glad he's here with us on this final episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Erish Schirneweiss. Erish, how's it going, man?
3: I see the end of Rebel Yell. Mm. Like many arms surrounding us in a cold embrace.
2: Oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. Holy... had to go out with, with, with the Bendu line. Oh my I... gosh. How about okay we'll get there but hey I'm glad I'm glad you're here and you just totally made a million things click and I feel like an idiot alright so that's Irish uh, and, and we couldn't do this of course without the uh, the one who twisted my arm to get me into this whole thing in the first place <clears throat> seriously if you've never been coerced in anything by Teresa Delgado um, then you've never been coerced into anything I've said her name already and I apologize for that, because what I should be saying is she's the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk. She's the reason for this mess. Ladies and gentlemen, she is the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Yo. Yo. How about that coin flip on Facebook Live today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Always call heads, everybody whatever oh man uh Teresa, for those of you who don't know it over our gulliver's facebook group guardians of the gulliver's Teresa has put together her own version of march madness that has spilled over into april and because it's because uh, i did it way too late it's disney and pixar excuse me real quick you gonna crash baby you were screaming it's a blast 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 look at this So yeah, and we're down to the elite eight there. We are. over we are over at the Facebook group, and those consist of the Lion King versus Big Hero Six, Toy Story versus Blah. Calm Down, Toy Story versus <laughs> Toy Story Three. Is it Nemo versus uh,
1: Incredibles?
2: Incredibles. And then what was the Beauty and the Beast versus Aladdin? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So quite the uh, quite the matchups there. Uh, Calling
1: it now. It's gonna be Lion King versus Toy Story. That'll be real hard.
2: Mm. I'm now gonna put in my plea for everyone to vote The Incredibles on through. And uh, <laughs> we're waiting. We're waiting. A, we're waiting a, a fifth member of the panel tonight, but we do have a fourth member. Uh, you know him from Techno Retro Dads. Uh, Shaz Bazaar. Shaz Bazaar. Oh, the March madness ended in madness. Oh baby. He's making me crazy. He's making me crazy. Every, Every time, time I he's, look. On he's on the pod. Every <laughs> time <laughs> he's on the pod. Every time
4: he's on the pod. Chance bizarre. <laughs> you got a nice voice there, Irish. Yeah, Irish. Well,
2: well done. I'm, 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 I'm. Shaz, thanks for joining us, sir.
4: Oh, thanks for waiting on me.
2: Yeah, no problem. Shaz has been driving all over creation lately.
4: We had a had a sad night in Stark Vegas last night. What
2: happened over there?
4: The Church was over. They were just a couple seconds left of the ball game, and the girls lost to Notre Dame mm. in the last seconds. It was sad. So close. Two this years was in a row.
2: this was in the in the women's. Basketball, yes. Mark yes. Spanish got gotcha. you.
4: Yeah, the men men aren't so good, but mm-hmm. the women's team's great.
2: All right, well, fantastic. Well, let's get into this, guys. Let's do this thing and um and talk about this this whole thing. I, I guess the first question out of the gate, Teresa, for you, um, how did this how did this finale? Did it live up to expectations? Was it everything you wanted it to be and more? Did it not quite meet what you hoped it would be?
1: You know, it's it's weird because I saw this at the Walt Disney Studio, so it was hard to oh, yeah,
2: we forgot process. About that. You know, because yeah. I
1: was I was out there and we had just had like a thirty minute interview with Dave Filoni before we saw it and everything. And he keeps hinting to things, but not. And he's like, "We'll see how y'all feel after you watch this and everything." Uh, I thought it was really really good. I really enjoyed the epilogue. We're gonna get there, and I have a story for that, but. I think what I was most looking forward to was seeing the reactions from the cast itself mm. and <laughs> Vanessa's reaction to everything was priceless, and um, we can talk more about that too later, but okay. yeah i I I liked it a lot. It's hard to watch though mm. as you know it's like the end right erish you
2: know? um what what do you think how How did you respond? What was your take on the on the finale overall? I love the epilogue. I mean that—that's what really stood out to me.
1: I—I—I
3: mm-hmm. um, I, I just really liked the way it wrapped up. Wrapped up with, you know, also leaving us a million questions. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Good Star um, Wars.
3: Yeah, yeah. It—it it, it was good. It was a good way to
2: go out. Shaz Bazaar, your thoughts on this finale overall? Was it? Did it meet your expectations? Were you let down? How do you feel about it?
4: Uh, Good Star Wars. This was great Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Great Star Wars. Are we already talking about the epilogue? Can we talk about that sure, already? Sure,
2: why not? I mean, everyone's seen it.
4: <laughs> Man, I can't wait. I want to see more of this. I think it ended with hope. I think that was great to end with hope. I mean, what was the, the, the next to the last episode was a fool's hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And this was just an amazing hope at the end of this. I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, somebody said everything ends badly, otherwise it would never end. I don't remember where that quote came from, but it's from a movie I've seen somewhere in the past 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it ended greatly, I thought. I thought it was a fantastic end.
2: Well, I, I mean... we're
4: getting something else in the future, we know that.
2: Right. Well, do you... I mean, are... Eris, I haven't, and Teresa, you may want to, you, all three of you may want to feel this one because I've not seen anything online. I don't really jump on the socials that much to talk Star Wars. Um, did the ending fuel the Ezra is Snoke theories out there?
1: No, I don't think no. so. Okay, Not at all.
3: No, not, not that I saw, but honestly, I, I'm not on, I'm on Instagrams. That's about it mm-hmm. these days. <laughs> Just to look at pictures. Good job. Uh, I, I've, like, completely removed myself from social media.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like that. You know, I think, like, the biggest thing was wondering if Thrawn and Ezra were alive, which Dave does confirm that they are actually alive, just we don't know where at this point. So the Snoke thing just kind of went away, I think. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: You know, some of the, the concluding things, this has nothing to do with the Snoke thing, but the, some of the things I wanted to see in the conclusion of Rebels were there, and one of which was uh, the whole going back to the world that they found in Season 1. That reminded me a lot of a Battlestar Galactica episode um, the where the Lasats have gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, if they're going to conclude Rebels, they need to have that happen. Mm. zeb has to go back there and he does yep. with
1: with his boyfriend with
4: that is so with hot cool. callous
2: <laughs> not,
4: so i thought that was a great ending not, there too see they they ended things well i mm-hmm. think for the most part
2: yeah um i i tend to agree i i think that both the fool's hope and family reunion i think that the overall story arc for me was i, I was into the adventure of it all um you know and 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 it was it was that nail-biting on the edge of your seat kind of thrill a minute ride that, that Star Wars does so well um and and so the little boy in me was just thrilled at, at at the action sequences at everything that was going on and then of course the epilogue pipes in and you know that that's the talk of the town but I think that these two episodes were really in my opinion uh masterpieces of what a good series finale does, especially if you know there's, you know, when there's, when you've got the wealth of Star Wars material that's out there beyond this show and beyond the movies, um, you know, it it leaves that open for other stories to be told down the road, but it is a satisfying conclusion to the story that we've been being told for the past four years. And, um, and it does make me excited for the future. I, I am looking forward to what's coming based on, uh, based on what went on in these episodes. Uh, so, Teresa, you went and watched uh, these out, as you said, out at Disney Studios. um, And uh, how was that experience? Tell us a little bit about it.
1: It was super fun. It was rainy that day, so that kind of stunk. And when we got there, we didn't really get to take pictures of the Disney lot because it was just gross outside. So we got there, and... We were fortunate enough with a very small group of like, I think like seven people to get to do an interview with Dave Filoni beforehand, which was pretty fun. And then going into the theater, there's all these people. I just kept running into more and more people that I knew and cosplayers and 501st and Rebel Legion and then uh, other podcasters and stuff like that. And we took like a whole bunch of pictures and stuff. And then we sat down to watch these episodes and Dave comes up and he introduces them and he's like, I hope you like them. I know you'll let me know either way, <laughs> you know? And so so we go into it and we're, we're watching them and I had kind of made a prediction after we saw Kane and die. I had said, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, Karen, Kanan had had special hugs, and that she was pregnant, but she didn't know. I said this, you know, right after that episode aired, Mm -hmm. and then the epilogue happens, and I'm looking around, going, "I called that! I called it! I called it!"
2: (laughs) I was like, "Oh my god! I didn't realize
1: it was like actually gonna happen."
3: All right, but the big question is, when did that special hug take place?
1: And well, we don't we don't know how many times they've had special hugs. We don't know.
4: No. She says, never told him the way she feels about him.
1: No, she never. She may that's have what never she said, says. "I love you." That's all. Yes. Yeah, doesn't it, matter. It, you you know, don't have to say "I
2: love you" to have special hugs. They have that. First well, kiss, Teresa, that's she not. She jumps on the ship and leaves and gets it's captured. It's true. And
3: then, and then the next time they see each other is when he rescues her. Yeah. So when did this, I think it was on the it, glider. That's the only
1: thing that makes sense. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. Well, they're you, can, flying you can be, you can be pregnant people. for like six weeks without even knowing. Even longer sometimes.
2: What if it's not Kanan's?
1: Oh, it is. She says it. Sabine says we all know who his father was.
2: Right. Of we the, how
1: does Sabine know?
2: They all yeah, know. Who's the, we? who's the we? I bet he's Calus' boy.
1: Whatever. No, not even a thing. Besides, you're like the biggest Canera fan ever, Steve.
4: Well, the boy, that's who it is. I
1: just love the
3: Q&A where Vanessa was was even surprised by that. She
1: had no idea. She didn't know. And that was what I was saying was like the best part. I I got to talk to her after and I said, so you really didn't know? And she's like, no. And I said, does Freddie know? And her response was, well, he'll know on Monday. I think it's great that the only person that knew was Tia. And then Steve found out because he saw the episodes the week before. But the only person that knew was Tia. She didn't say anything to anybody. Like, didn't even let Hera know or Vanessa know that she had had a child. (laughs) No heads up.
2: Well, that's how how you got to play it. You got to play it smart like that.
1: Yeah. I just thought it was great. Although I do have lots of questions about how reproduction between Twileks and humans work, but that's for another time. Um uh, hmm.
4: Season two of the Clone Wars. We've already well, seen
3: well, it. no, no if, we if, do if the Twilik has
1: green skin, then
3: the child has green hair.
1: Yeah, but we see we see the Clone Wars Shaz, and those children look like right. Twilight.
2: They were adopted we're by the clone.
1: Where mm, here maybe. he looks like a human, so I don't understand. Well, no, Shaz, he took, took
2: Shaz, that clone in season two. I forget his name, Cut Laquane. He took those kids under his watch care with the woman that he fell in love with. You um, think? yeah, no, I mean, it's pretty much, I thought it was said in the episode. No, then I heard Dave Filoni say it at some point. Maybe, don't you? That's maybe, possible. Don't you? Maybe, I me. thought they
1: were halfies. Like, half human, half Twilight baby.
2: I don't think that's a nice way to put it. They were too old. They were too old to be his child at that point in Clone Wars. Well,
4: maybe... Well, maybe... And if the clones are only... If the clones are
3: only designed to live for a certain number of years, why would you provide them with
4: the ability to reproduce? Well, I think that was the question that, that maybe Dave had answered. Because it was... It was said something along the lines, I think by some some, some fan that they can't. But then in that episode, Cut asks Rex, you know, what if you had children? Wouldn't you feel differently? Yeah, or but, something along those lines. So But you
3: know what? Nature know. always finds a way. There you go. Thank
1: you. Yes. Oh, that's great.
3: <laughs> Dinosaur, Steve.
2: Uh, dinosaurs DNA. we took some dna from dino the dinosaurs
1: DNA. dino all right. dna
2: here we go let's see what we got here
1: well i just oh, steve has the, the defensive answer <laughs> sorry erish go ahead
3: <laughs> oh i don't i lost my train of thought
1: i think that's like <laughs> the most quoted part of that movie
3: dino dna
1: well all that whole sequence you know of baby dinosaurs. Uh, uh, uh.
3: <laughs> you didn't say the magic word. Oh,
2: gosh. Here we go.
4: Aggravating Mace
2: Windu. Um. <laughs> hold on to your butts. Uh,
3: what are we waiting for? What are you pulling up,
2: Steve? I'm trying to find out if this guy can have babies or not. This oh. old clone. Oh,
1: my gosh. I'm sorry. Eden can I- have babies. Oh. I've walked into this. Kanan can have babies, Hera can have babies, obviously.
2: I'm talking about Cut LaQuana.
1: Oh jeez.
3: Well, look, we obviously know that Canara can have a baby because Jason's the proof of it, so. Yes. Maybe midichlorians were involved somehow.
1: I don't know. I just want to know if he has force powers
3: or like if he's a pilot. Well, like that's the big question, isn't it? See, he I think like they
4: said he was a pilot.
3: I think an IDW comic would be a great way to tell Hera
4: and Jason stories. Oh, yeah.
2: Except that would be that, really cool. Except that it, Marvel has the has the Star Wars brand again.
1: No, but so IDW, IDW is, is doing publishing comics, too. Yes. Oh. They're doing Star Wars adventures, so
3: oh, that yeah, would yeah, be a great or way. Like it's geared towards a younger reader.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
3: Um. And they have they actually this. The adventure comics have been pretty good. There's been some fun stories in those.
2: Hmm.
3: Agreed. But I just think that that's like tailor-made for uh, for this kind of story, you know, mother and son on an adventure
1: like this. Mm-hmm. That would be so fun! Wow, That'd be cool.
2: Well, let's back up a little bit to A Fool's Hope, and just to kind of refresh our memories. This is the episode where they try to start getting their plan into motion uh, to go take over the Imperial base on Lothal. This is where they're they're deciding we're going to save Lothal. And um, it would appear at one point in the episode that Ryder has betrayed our Rebels crew. Uh, Did any of you guys believe that he was really a traitor?
1: No. No, well, I did for like two seconds.
4: Yeah, when? When did you believe?
1: I think it was when he like backs up out of the way when they're fighting yep. and he backs me. up that was like for two seconds and then yep then I was like oh wait no I'm just kidding
4: <laughs> well that that's exactly where it hit me because at the beginning I was like well they had just talked about the plan and then this this hologram goes so I was like oh this is all part of the plan but then whenever he gives the nod to Rook and then he backs up I was like maybe he did and it was just for like two seconds and it's like no no he
2: oh i believed they played it. it well i believed it right up until the point that he the the plan i mean like I, because when i hear this man i hear lex luther in my head because that's you know it's clancy brown doing his voice the voice of lex yeah. luther from, and so i'm like holy cow they've been playing the long game with this guy he's just a wimpy little coward isn't he
4: well you know what he was saying when he was backing up into the shadows what's that it's better to burn out than to fade away. That's right. He was Christ. the Kurrigan.
2: The <laughs> well played, Shaz Bazaar. And Teresa's lost yet again.
1: <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about?
2: Well, then he made a Highlander, Highlander reference. Highlander. The Kurrigan. The guy who does uh, Clancy Brown, the voice of Ryder as the Roddy, is, um, he was the Kurrigan. He was the bad guy in the Highlander, the first Highlander movie.
1: My name's Candy. Of course it is. Can we just go back to Jurassic Park? I know what that is. Can we go back to
4: Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> you you must watch Highlander sometime. You will love it. Wait, have have I told you guys
2: my Clancy Brown story I don't from think San so. Diego Comic Con? No. Yes. Not so only, but not on the air though. No. This this was
3: a number of years ago. This was before uh, we drew Carpishan's third Darth Bane novel was like a month or so away from publishing. So I'm sitting at our our little star Wars booth with our editor at the time, Shelly Shapiro. And like, it was one of those moments at the con where like what's normally a really crowded hallway just kind of clears a little bit. And in the distance, I see this man in blue jeans and like a nice blue blazer and sunglasses walking towards us. And I'm just like, holy cow, it's freaking Clancy Brown. And Shelly's like, who? I'm like, the Kurgan in Highlander. And I basically go through his entire IMDB, like listening <laughs> all the roles that he's done. And for every one of them, she's just like, who? Who? I don't know this guy. Who? 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 And he comes, he walks in front of the booth and he stops and stares like past us to the posters behind us. And then he steps up to the table and he lowers his sunglasses like further down on his nose and looks over them, And he just goes, when does the third Bane novel come out? Now he doesn't say it by oh. his title. He says it by third Bane novel. So right away, you know that this guy has read the first two books. Yes. And then at this point, Shelly jumps in. Cause I'm just like freaking out. Like the freaking Kurgans, like right in front of me, <laughs> Lex Luthor is right in front of me, you know? Um, so Shelly's talking to him about the book, and then he just uh, – the conversation ends, and he just goes – he's like, I find that cover disturbing," And he just turns and walks away, <laughs> and I'm just like, holy cow, like, did that really just happen? And Shelly's just looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I don't know who this guy is. I'm like – Shelly, have you seen Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? This Shawshank is like the Redemption, last one that I can think of, and she's like, "I love that movie." I'm like, "He's the main guard. He's the guard who like holds him over the side, the roof of the building." She's like, "Oh my God, I know who that is!" And then it all clicked for her, and now she's freaking out too.
2: Well, she took she took too long, in my opinion, to freak out.
3: Yeah, well, that that's the way Shelly was about things, but that's my Clancy Brown story.
2: But it was good that she didn't freak out right
4: away because then neither no, of y'all would have been able to tell him when the book was coming out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I love, <laughs> I love the fact that he was so into it that he's like, "When does the third Bane novel come out?" Like, yeah, uh-huh. said what? like he knew his stuff. So, but no, that fooled me. That moment fooled me, and and that's the kind of stuff though that I was talking about as far as the adventure of Star Wars goes. Like that whole battle on the, uh, on the big ore miner thing that they had, and you know, and then the ghost showing up. oh, was just. I but you know, it. if they had structured that a little bit different, so that
3: you see Ryder's supposed betrayal before, because Ezra has that thing where he's like, "I have a plan."
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah,
3: and then right. you don't hear what the plan is, and then afterwards you see Ryder like betraying it. Like, uh-huh. if we'd seen if if we hadn't seen the Ezra's "I have a plan" thing, I would have bought into Ryder betraying them a little bit more.
4: I agree. Because I, I mean, it went immediately from "I have a plan" to the hologram.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and just right away, I'm like, "Oh, this is part of Ezra's plan."
4: Yeah, but when he backed away, I started second guessing myself. But it was—I thought it was a well, well thought out episode. I thought that it worked really well, especially as a lead into the the longer one.
2: Yeah, and the family reunion and the fair- well, it, it it opened the door for them to get into. The imperial base, which, you know, becomes this almost uh, into the belly of the beast in, in a similar way yeah. as you know getting into the Death Star to rescue the princess and that sort of thing. Once they got caught in the tractor beam, and in Star Wars, and um, and it it was an edge of the seat kind of thing the whole time, especially with Thrawn, you know, en route back, uh, to to Lethal, and. <laughs> and Thrawn's coming in hot and Thrawn's coming in mad because, you know, yeah. he's been shown up by old Krennic apparently. Are we not well, to, are we not to understand that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I uh, and I love that. I loved the tie-ins to Rogue One and everything and them talking about all that stuff. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god." They talk about Starfield. And... It's
3: that he 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 was already like second fiddle to Krennic and the Death Star right, plan. Right. You know, he was going to Coruscant to make his case for the Tide Defender. Uh-huh. That that they should put their efforts into that. So while he's there to make his case for it, you know, back on Lethal, his bumbling governor basically destroys his whole project when she fires at the fuel depot. Right. You know, by blowing up the fuel depot, that was the death knell for the Tide Defender mm-hmm. project. Because at that point they have to start from scratch and basically rebuild the entire operation just to get it back up and running again. So something that he's already got to argue and make a case to keep. Now it's like, well, to keep it, we have to go back to the very beginning and start from scratch. So even
2: if he had won the argument, she'd killed it for him. Right, and she's and, dead. Yeah. Well, not only that, I mean, like, like I say, Thrawn's coming in hot. He's already mad. And then to come back and hear from Rook, you know, that, hey, they've taken over the base and I'm going to get the shield down for you. Thrawn just ain't playing games. In fact... Ever. Like as that star as that Star Destroyer <laughs> <laughs> As that Star Destroyer is coming in over Lethal, like I just imagine every loudspeaker on the planet just starts belting that out like <laughs> we know somebody who can make that happen. Well, you know what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> One more for the road, Stephanie. <laughs> One more for the road, buddy. <laughs> Um so you know, Ezra of course is forced into that hero's decision where he's got to surrender. Yeah. And um, you know, there's no other plan, you know, that like like they've been outmaneuvered and now uh, here it is. And it's and and this is that moment, you know, we were analyzing that mid season finale trailer, you know, where Ezra was talking to somebody that looked to be a ghost or a hologram, and turns out it was the Emperor indeed, but Man, he showed up like in his, in his Palpatine look in that hologram to start with. Creepy Emperor, sneaky, mm-hmm. sneaky,
1: creepy Emperor. It. You know it, what? I've I, you, we've talked about it before. I didn't really like Ezra Lake at all, but after these episodes, I have so much respect for that kid. It's like, wow, you grew up, dude.
4: Yeah, the last four episodes, are absolutely essential to Ezra's finale yes. in this show, because he gets his final lesson from Kanan, which is to let go. Yeah. You know, and Ahsoka even says, you know, this is Kanan's spot. He found his point where he can do the most good, and he did it, which is what Ezra will also have to do in the final episode. He finds the point that he must do the most good, and even though it's not what he wants to do, he must do that. Mm-hmm. I think that that was that was all he he, that's his Jedi trial to me.
3: Oh, big time! Can we, can I just say something real quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we really got to stop having each Jedi's defining moment being their death.
4: Well, he's but he's not. He's not dead. dead. Who's not dead? He's not dead. Ezra. yet.
3: I'm not talking about Ezra. I'm talking about Kanan.
4: Oh like, yeah. You know, his Luke's defining moment. moment was the Death Star.
3: No. It, but you could argue that Luke's defining moment was the end of The Last Jedi too. I
4: know. Well, he's got many defining moments.
2: No, I don't you know,
3: want. I, that. Obi I Luke's think defining moment is fighting Vader. It's like you know, all of these guys like they're, like, can't we have, like a, a Jedi like in his prime do something great and then like you know go on to live another forty years and keep doing great things? But we and had inspiring that with a lot more people. Well, I think we man-
4: had that with Obi wan though.
3: Yeah, because
4: and- he had other great moments. It's just that was his final moment.
3: But did he well, really? I think so, but but I think Kane No, I'm, ser- I'm being serious about this. Like, what was another great Obi-Wan moment?
4: I think when he faced Anakin in the first place. He completely failed that moment. Well, he did. He but did he, he? he? Yeah, yeah well, he left he him went.
3: alive. He left,
4: you know? you're, you're correct. He left him alive. He didn't think he left him alive, but he, he was- did.
3: He left them screaming and like you know, yeah. and burning on a beach. Like at the very least, put your friend out of his misery. Yeah. Let,
2: let me ask you this, Erish, uh, about Obi Wan's defining moment being his death. Do you think that's the case? Because that was basically our introduction to Obi Wan Kenobi.
3: Well, I'm talking like in the sense that we were just talking about like Kanan's moment mm-hmm. inspiring Ezra, right? You know that moment with Obi-Wan fighting Vader is what propelled Luke on.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: You know, and I just feel like we keep getting similar moments with, you know, Luke does it at, at the end, you know, taking on Kylo Ren in the First Order so that the the Resistance can get away. And in essence, like, that led to Ray's big, you know force moment in all the movies you know moving all the boulders and stuff it just it it feels like this this is sort of becoming a theme where you know one jedi in in their death has to do something that inspires the next generation and it's like why can't they do that and live and still inspire them
4: well Well, how about go ahead Teresa.
1: Well, I we have somebody who is a Jedi expert. So, Aaron, why does every Jedi's big moment have to be their death?
0: I did not prep for this question.
2: <laughs>
0: welcome
2: welcome <laughs> to the party. Up, welcome, Chris? Aaron Goins, everybody.
3: It just it just came up. We were talking about you know how pivotal the last four episodes were to Ezra and you know, Kanan's final lesson to him. And then that just, that got me thinking that, you know, we kind of keep seeing this with, you know, one Jedi dying and their death inspires like the next one up, sort of.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's just a matter of clearing the way for the new character to take over. And I think specifically for this situation with Ezra, and Kanan, as much as I loved Kanan as a character, I did think that this was almost a necessary thing for for Ezra to see Kanan make that sacrifice in order for him to grow as a character and make the right decisions and become what his potential was. Right. And I don't think it's just a storytelling thing, too. It's much more dramatic if a character dies. And so um, for me, it worked. But, yeah, I can see what you're saying. It does seem like a recurring theme in Star Wars.
4: Well, K- Kanan does have another inspiring moment.
1: Yeah. Which gonna one are you going to say? we let everyone
4: in on this secret.
1: Yes, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think that's a huge defining moment for Kanan, too. Are
3: we talking about the special hug again?
1: No. <laughs>
4: <Jeez>. <laughs> no, his voice in the, uh, in, in the world
1: between worlds. That's one of the things he says. Well, no, I'm talking about when in the very first episode of of like, yeah, but when he stands up and he said everybody's going to know the secret, and he lights up his he lightsaber his for the very yep. first yes. time, like exactly. when he when he decides to go back to that and actually use his lightsaber, that's huge to mm-hmm. me.
4: And that inspires Ezra, I think. At that point, it's just at this point, Ezra had to learn another lesson. It's not always about. Doing something and making it through, sometimes it's about the selfless sacrifice. And that's the lesson that Ezra needed to learn at this point. So I don't know that that's his one defining moment is what I'm saying. It's just what Ezra needed at that moment.
1: What I've... about Obi-Wan training Anakin? Couldn't that be a defining moment? Or when he fights Maul? No?
4: Ooh, that was great.
1: Well, but... I mean, either time he fights Maul, whether it's in Phantom Menace or in Rebels. <laughs>
2: Well, I think, uh, here's the thing. I think that to Luke, Obi-Wan's death impacted him in a huge way, in the same way that to Ezra and to the crew of the Ghost. Kanan's death was a huge impact on all of them, and Ezra took that death and he used it to learn a lesson. He learned a lesson from it. Um, I don't know that Luke necessarily learned a lesson from Obi-Wan's death until you get to Empire or even Jedi maybe. I don't know. Um, but I do know that, that it, I don't know that it, that the death is the defining moment, so to speak. I think it's that impactful moment that is sad and tragic. That is, as Aaron said, a good storytelling device, but I, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think for me, I know for me personally, because if you go back four years ago, this was not a show I was looking forward to getting on board with. I thought that the characters were all going to be derivative of just, you know, original trilogy characters just to try to make us feel like we're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon and the Ghost was going to be a poor man's Millennium Falcon. And I, I really was not too stoked about this. But the moment Ezra steps out from behind those crates on Kessel and he puts that lightsaber together and he just kind of casually dodges to the right of that blaster bolt and, light, and sparks that lightsaber, I'm like, oh, I'm in! I am in! And I love Caden! Um, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. that kind of that kind of says
3: something about about the fandom also, because you know we felt this way, we felt a similar way about Clone Wars, too. Mm-hmm. You know, when that first started, you know many of us didn't like ahsoka. Nope. and now she's such a beloved character mm-hmm. to us. You know, the beginning of rebels, a lot of us were slow to come around to it. And it wound up being some of the best Star Wars storytelling there's been, period. You know? Yeah. Maybe we need to be
2: uh, not so quick to judge. Well, I will say that I went into the Clone Wars a lot more open to it than other people did. I know that for me personally. Um, With this, I don't know what it was. There was just something about it's a crew of a ship and you've got the pirate and the rogue and the Jedi. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what are we doing here? The Wookiee character, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, all right, so this is going to be... And, and they sold me on it, and I've been very honest and open about that. Like, I've never shied away from my lackluster impression of this show until those those interstitials came out, those four interstitials, and then, and then Spark Rebellion. And, and you're right, it has taken us this, and the Clone Wars did the same thing, took us on some of the best storytelling we've seen uh, in Star Wars outside of anything. I mean, like, there's no... I don't think that... You know, there's there's been there's been a few novels that are up there with it. There's been a few comic stories that have been up there with it, but nothing on the par of of what we've gotten on this TV. And, and sometimes the TV rivals even the films that we love so much.
4: Mm-hmm. Rivals? <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes it outdoes it. Yeah,
3: I, I would put like I would put Kanan and Hera and you know actually Sabine too. I'd put the three of them up there with like Han, Luke, Leia, Chewie for me.
1: Yeah, totally.
3: Like they're agree. they're in that same boat. Mm-hmm. I would put Anakin and Obi-Wan from the Clone Wars in that same conversation of characters. Mm-hmm. I would put Ahsoka in there too. Just the the incredible arc that that character has gone on from her first appearance in Clone Wars to the epilogue in this mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, Ahsoka the white we yeah,
1: yes. ah, Ahsoka at the yes. beginning got on my nerves, like in the movie yeah, and in the, the first Sky season. Yeah, all the Sky Guy
3: stuff and everything just was like nails on a chalkboard for us.
4: Yeah, well, I see, mean, it was That never bothered so me annoying. because of my daughter was yeah, the, the perfect age. Yeah, the Sky age.
1: Guy thing never bothered me. The r bothered yes. me. Yes, yes, I agree. That I yeah. didn't like, but, you know, she's grown on me to the point that She's like one of my absolute favorite Star Wars characters. Now I have I'm surrounded by Ahsoka stuff as I'm looking around me as I'm <laughs> podcasting right now. And just the other day, I didn't realize Hot Wheels had made an Ahsoka car, and I walked into Target and it was sitting right there. And I was like, "Hi, where did this come uh, from?" Teresa, I, I didn't know that.
2: Riot. I didn't know that either until I saw your picture, and I'm like, "My gosh, I need one of those."
1: Oh, yeah, well, name. when I went when I went to scan it, it wasn't even in Target system. They had to ring me up for a lightsaber and price adjust it because they didn't know how to sell it to me. It must
2: be coming out on Wookie Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's a and it's an awesome card. I think the model they used for it is the Batmobile.
2: Hmm. Uh,
1: so and cool. it's just gorgeous. Yeah, it
2: looks really neat. And and that's the thing is Ahsoka has become a very natural part of the Star Wars universe. Like she. She fits right in with everything and and I feel like Eris, when you say you put these characters up there with Han Luke and Leia and chewie i, I feel the same way that they 've become very natural parts of this universe uh-huh. you know and there were there were moments through this show through this not this not these episodes per se, but through the entire series where I felt like they might have gotten a little too cartoony with a character here or there, but overall they just um they I, I feel like they've they've found their place in. I hate to use this word, but in the canon and fit well. So, um, and, and, and I think that everyone's response to this finale, um, is a, is a testament to that. Um, Aaron, you got to go out. Did you get, you were out at the finale viewing, weren't you? Uh, yeah. I did get to go. Tell us a little bit about your experience out there. I know you're prepared to answer that question.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. I, it, it was something that i hadn't had the opportunity to do in previous seasons of the clone war or of rebels um to be able to actually go out and watch one of these screenings and i know you guys probably remember back when they did like the night sisters arc mm-hmm. in the in the theaters and they've done other things like that so to see this show on the big screen in any venue is is great cuz i feel like the animation has gotten to a point with Rebels, and I know it was with The Clone Wars as well, where it's almost on par with kind of the modern animation that you see in movies. Mm-hmm. And just to see that many episodes and get to see the show that I had fallen in love with over these past four seasons, to get to see it end on the big screen just felt like the right way to do it.
1: Yeah, you made a good point. I forgot about that. Like seeing it on the big screen versus TV, it was epic. <laughs> Cause it was just like surrounding you, which is so cool. Cause you don't get that when you're watching TV at home.
4: Well, wouldn't that dome blow blew up? <clears throat> I, I'm watching. I'm like that. This this is worthy of a movie. W- w- it was awesome on the big screen, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the pr-
1: the purgles were amazing on the big screen. Just because oh, wow. they're so huge, you know. And it's like, it was way cool. There was just oh, how- so much stuff. And how- when you. Go ahead, Aaron.
4: Sorry. I
0: was just going to say like just the that combined with the fact that all the people or many of the people that voice the characters and Dave Filoni and all of, you know, a lot of the people that work behind the scenes as well were sitting in the theater with us kind of experiencing that. And like Dave Filoni was literally like two seats behind or two rows behind us. Um, That was kind of a weird feeling but also awesome feeling just to be like wow i'm sharing this moment with the people that brought it to us that created it
1: i think one of the best things too is we were seated right with jonah marie and so i kept looking over at her because she's just in love with the show um and at blue Jay guys on twitter and so watching her reaction every now and then was just one of the best things ever (laughs) <laughs> because she she was like sitting on the edge of her seat the entire time with like her hands in her mouth, you know, like trying to stay quiet, but it was it was the coolest thing, and just getting to talk to everybody about it and all of our friends were there i mean it was it was incredible
2: so um i i just uh i'm I'm looking through some of the the steals and everything from the show at this point. Um, I wanna talk about something really minor. <laughs> but <laughs> but I wanna go back to where Ezra was in the in there with the Emperor and with Thrawn at the at the temple the door they cut out of the temple and after he, you know, tells his parents he's gotta let them go, which I think as you guys said, that's the that's really the Jedi trials for him, I think. Um why are we getting more Praetorian guards than like actual Emperor Royal guards there, you think?
1: I thought it was like a mashup. They kind of looked like a mashup
2: mm-hmm. of the two. Yeah, the
3: the way I read it was that they're kind of like the early version of
4: the Imperial Guard.
2: But we've had we've already seen the Imperial Guard in Revenge of the Sith.
4: We we saw one, I think, even in Attack of the Clones, didn't we? Well,
2: yeah, they did have them in Attack of the Clones at that point. Yeah, he put them in red.
4: But that's that's their dress outfit, not their action outfit.
2: Okay. These are, I, these I, are, I I, are
4: I like mentioned. that. That works for me.
2: Yeah, no. acceptable, I guess.
0: <laughs> I think it, it tied in well too because of how recent The Last Jedi was, and because yeah. that was as divisive as The Last Jedi was. I with with fandom, I think that everybody kind of agreed that the scene with the Praetorian Guards fighting Kylo and Rey was like everybody like that. So this was a nice a nice touch to see a character like that or characters like that uh, in Rebels.
3: Yeah, one of the few scenes we all agreed on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, y'all y'all all agreed on it. Just you just
3: didn't it. like that scene?
2: I like the scene fine. I didn't like the 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 fact that it went into slow motion and then sped up like it's a Zack Snyder filmed movie there at the beginning of that fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they didn't do that in Rebels, right?
2: No. Mm-mm.
4: No, their staffs lifted Ezra off the
2: ground. Yeah. Like
4: it
1: was amazing. That was Holy really crap. cool. And,
4: and
2: it then, felt Star Wars. Yeah, and then Ezra threw the door at him. So <laughs> he's like, oh, I yeah. I got something for pieces. you guys. <coughs> Ezra uh, aims to kill.
4: He, 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 Ezra can do what he wants to do whenever he needs to. Mm-hmm. But but the whole seduction of Ezra there by the Emperor is uh most of y'all don't watch 1978 Battlestar Galactica over and over and over and over and over like some people do. But as soon as I saw him, he reminded me of a character in in Battlestar Galactica that was the devil pretending to be you know, a nice guy and trying to win power and and have somebody do what he wanted them to do. And that's exactly what the Emperor does there. Mm -hmm. So kindly, dressed in white. Ezra, I want to give you this. Do do y'all think... At first I thought it was just the emperor trying to convert him. But I think that since the, the temple's been destroyed and that portal is closed, that Ezra may still have some access to traveling, you know, to being able to pull things through time. And that's mm. what he's trying to do is get access to that that world between worlds. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. If Ezra will, will open that portal again that he's created here in the temple, that maybe— he can use that to to get his ultimate power because that's really, that's really what the emperor is wanting: is supreme power, right?
1: I think it's possible. I also think that he was maybe looking to trap him or kill him through time. You know, like if he had reached through there, then he would have been absorbed by time or something. I don't know, well, Aaron. You you're the Doctor Who person. What happened?
0: Yeah. <laughs> this isn't Doctor Who. Uh, I I kind of read it that kind of like Shaz is saying that the emperor was trying to trick him into opening the portal or a portal um, to get in there. I don't think that there was, I didn't see it as he was actually seeing his parents on the opposite side of this. That was all, that was all like a vision that the emperor was causing. So I didn't, I didn't see it as like, Oh, if, if Ezra actually goes through, he's going to be with his parents. Like he wasn't seen back in time or anything like that. I think it was just, the Emperor was trying to trick him into opening the portal and then he realized that the Emperor was trying to do that and, and brought it down.
2: I don't know. There seems to be I mean, like I I don't know that he he could have saved his parents in the way the Emperor was trying to get him to. But I think that had he actually stepped through that I think that he was opening up some type of portal with the those pieces of the Jedi temple somehow, some way.
3: Yeah, but his parents were not. His parents were just bait, right? Like the, right. the image of his parents. I agree with, with Shaz and Aaron. Looked all you guys that the his parents, the image of his parents was bait to get him. I don't know that it was going to open a portal to the world beyond worlds. I just saw it as, you know, you go through this and you're stuck in some the emperor's trap of some sort. Um, and I don't know that he just. Solely wanted him to open a portal. We've seen through, you know, the various movies and stuff that that the Emperor is always looking for the next best thing. You know, he's not going to turn. He's not going to turn his eyes to the next best thing. You know, and the whole point of the rule of two is one master, one apprentice. You know, Vader's been around for a little bit of time now. Um, You know, we've seen in the comics and stuff that, you know, the Emperor's trust, he he keeps, he's constantly testing and, like, poking away at Vader. So, you know, put this in your back pocket. You know, Ezra might be a good apprentice one day down the road if I can turn him and get him to think my way. You know, that that was kind of how I was reading
2: the whole thing. Yes, I agree there's some of that. But there's also, I don't see, I don't think... My thing is, there's the door. Ezra had to open the door, and... There's something more than just he's he's being shown an image. Like There's something to what he's seeing that should he reach through and go with them or pull them out or whatever the case may be, that... that the Emperor wants from him. Maybe it is to start the journey down the dark side. Maybe, I don't know, but... But there's, I don't think that's just an illusion necessarily. I think that Ezra had to make a real choice in that moment.
4: Well, that was my initial thought was it was just the journey to the dark side. He's pulling the same thing he did on Luke, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then after watching it again and listening to it on the drive today, I, I, I was thinking, you know, just maybe so he he didn't he didn't spend all this time putting this temple back together on the Chimera just so he could tempt Ezra. I think he really wants to get back into that world between worlds because then he could change everything and gain all the power over everything mm-hmm. if he could have access to that. That well, is there was, free
0: power. And there's a scene kind of in that, if I remember correctly, where they really zoom in on Ezra's hand, touching like that panel, yeah. and it starts to kind of light up. And uh-huh. the Emperor almost has this look of anticipation, like, oh, okay, he's, he's going to do it. Like, I tricked him. Um, and then Ezra pulls his hand away. And so he I do feel his like
4: fist in the background too.
0: Yeah, I do feel like that. there was something that Ezra was having to do to activate that that the Emperor was trying to trick him into doing. I that's I mean that's just the way that I read it. I I really didn't think his parents were there for anything anything other than just bait.
3: Yeah.
2: Hmm. Okay. I'm just I'm saying that there was a real choice that he had to make there. And oh, yeah. that, and oh, yeah. that, and that Ezra obviously thought there was whether they were whether it was a real situation or not Ezra obviously thought it was. Like Ezra yeah. never Ezra yeah. never turned and said you're deceiving me. You know, it's this is real and I've had to make this choice to let these people go. Yeah, and he Steve.
4: apologizes to his parents. So he th- he regardless, he thinks it's significant. Right. Steve? Yes. Ezra chose wisely
2: Indeed, indeed uh, That
4: wasn't in Jurassic Park
2: No <laughs> <laughs> ah. Teresa, you mentioned the Pergil's looking huge on the screen and being perfect for the big movie screen um, Having seen these things on the screen and seeing them wrap up a a, a a Star Destroyer the way they did let me ask you this Do you think that may be a Pergill that Han Solo's having to dodge in that Solo trailer?
1: Oh, I don't know, but how cool would that be?
2: I think so. That's my. I
1: think it'd be cool because then it like everything all comes together.
2: <laughs> Purgles. That's kind of my <laughs> hope. It,
1: it, it's funny when they showed up the first time. I was like, "Oh yeah, those things." I completely didn't remember their name, but I was like, "Hey, those are cool." Space whales. <laughs> space well, whales. that's what. Well, those no,
2: space whales are something different. I think. I think space whales are those no. things with the wingy no. things.
1: No, those are like, space stingrays.
2: <laughs> Anyhow. I'm just saying they've been described as like whales in space before. These guys are the whale squids. and um, Whale the, squids. The old purgals. What's funny to me or what's awesome to me about that whole moment about them showing up, y'all, is I remember thinking that was just a throwaway episode back a while back <laughs> when we were introduced to I thought
0: them. that, too, when they first <laughs> made it. <laughs> well, and, and isn't that something that
3: Filoni said? Was that, you know, or maybe it was Tracy Canobio. Somebody at Lucasfilm said that, all these episodes that you guys thought were just like filler episodes actually
1: wound up meaning something. Mm-hmm. The end. Yeah. I think it was Dave.
4: I think it was Dave. Yeah,
2: well, uh, I
1: think take- it's funny. He does that on purpose. Tricky.
2: Well, so I have one more question. And then I want us to get into this epilogue a little bit more in detail. I know we've talked about the kid, but there's more to it than just that. Um, I want to talk about Ezra actually being alive. I guess this is a part of the epilogue that they say Ezra is alive out there. Um, Aaron, what's the rules about hyperspace? Is he? I mean, like the, the, the glass is shattered on the star destroyer. These these whales are about to pull them into hyperspace. Are they not both going to die in the vacuum of space?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought that after watching it, I thought Thrawn was definitely dead, mm-hmm. and until it was confirmed later that he's not, I did think that it was more plausible for Ezra to surri- survive because he's a Jedi and they have special power, you know, make some kind of force bubble. But maybe Ezra did make a force bubble and just decided to protect him and Thrawn. Um, or maybe the ship had some kind of built-in system that dropped shields at the last second, you know, right before it jumped into hyperspace. I mean, there's all kinds of in-universe ways you could try to explain yeah, it away. I guess so. But, there's a yeah. force bubble. Yeah, force bubble works. Yeah, so
4: he used, he used
1: bubble the bubble work. head charm.
4: You know, <laughs> yeah,
3: we we have seen. Wasn't it in Revenge of the Sith after uh, after Grievous blew out the the glass and climbed out? Didn't like a uh,
0: you know yeah, the steel yeah, things came
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: But, right, but 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 these that tentacles that would have cut off
4: the Pergil's tentacles. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, um, so a Purgle loses a tentacle or two.
4: Well, I'm I'm thinking when. In The Last Jedi, when Leia's floating in space, you see things floating around her, moving with her rather than everything else. Mm-hmm. And in the cockpit, or on the bridge, rather, of the uh, Star Destroyer, all that glass is floating in exactly
0: the same way. I think that we're supposed to put the two together.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, like Ezra's protecting them with uh-huh. the Force. I, I think it is interesting, if that if that is what happened, that he decided to, to not only save himself, but also save Thrawn— um, you know, which is a, a very Jedi thing to do.
1: Yeah, Jedi don't kill.
0: Because Ezra well, uh, has and, and he case, he killed people before. At this before. case,
3: Thrawn, Thrawn is no longer a threat to his family. Right.
0: Right. And it leaves a villain out there for if they decide to to use, you know, these characters again in some other story. That you know, you have a built in villain with Thrawn. Uh, why get rid of such a good villain if you can use him later? Exactly. Exactly. Although I want
4: them
3: to Del Rey does have a Thrawn book coming out in July.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I, That's I set, that,
3: that set between seasons three and four of Rebels, though.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I had said that I would read the original Thrawn trilogy once we knew the fate of Thrawn. We don't know the fate of Throne yet, so I will have to read it. <laughs>
0: oh, come on. You can't keep pushing that off. <laughs>
4: before you you jump into the epilogue steve there's mm-hmm. one other loose end that uh, was tied up really well
2: okay
4: back at uh, w- i mentioned cut laquane mm-hmm. a long time ago right in that episode rex and cut are discussing you know choices and the freedom of choice and rex says you know it's my choice to to serve the republic mm. he said that is if that's my choice what about that and cuts like yeah you're free to make your own choice Well, when Gregor dies, he says it was an honor to serve with you, Rex. Uh, I can't read my writing. Like it it was an honor to. What'd you say?
1: In like a war, the war that we chose, or a battle we chose, or something. Yes,
4: we for something we chose to believe in, which is a. I mean, that is directly back to season two of the Clone
2: Wars. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, that is a big deal. That is a nice loose end tied up. So here's what we find out in the epilogue. We find out that, as we've already mentioned, that Zeb takes Callus to show him that the Lassat had not been completely wiped out by him, which has got to be a weight off of Callus's shoulders. Um, Yeah. What they don't show you is that Zeb takes him down Planetside and they put him to death.
1: Um, (laughs) No, they didn't. They're, like, married.
2: We've talked about Jason. Uh, EU fans have to appreciate the name Jason being used. Woo-hoo! Aaron?
0: Um, yeah,
2: sure. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Jason is Snoke. Um, no, he's Darth Cadis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sabine has apparently stayed behind and been a protector of Lothal of some sort. Um, has she been in power? I mean, has she been like a an authority or just kind of like... A hero, there, Teresa. I think do you she's think? Just
1: a hero. Yeah, because Lathal looks like the Emerald City from The Wizard of Oz, so I don't think she she's just there mm. chilling,
0: chilling, chilling in Ezra's apartment,
3: in yeah. and relaxing
1: outside by the pool. Yep.
2: <laughs> and uh, and then well, it's you a... know, her life got turned, flipped upside down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she'd like to take a minute, to sit right there, um, to tell you why she took off with Ahsoka in the air. What? Um, so, 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 so the big reveal really is Ahsoka showing up at the end and, and she's got a funky staff with her. She's got the old, uh, she's Ahsoka, the white, she's Ahsoka, the white indeed. Um, I was trying to. What's the staff in the Indiana Jones? Staff of Ra? Yeah, yeah, that's what she's got. She's got the staff of Raw. She still needs the medallion on top though, and um, and they're going to find. I guess they're going off to find Ezra together. Mm-hmm. So and
4: adventures ensue.
2: And adventures ensue. So where theories now? Where is Ezra? Anybody? Well, Wild He's in space. the Chiss Ascendancy. The Chiss Ascendancy,
4: isn't that right? Yeah. Am I wrong with how that is? Yeah, that's that's
0: where he is. I'm not. Aaron
3: con- can confirm.
0: Aaron, Chiss Ascendancy. You're using the right terminology, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. Chiss that's Ascendancy. I, mean. I don't.
4: <laughs> I don't know if that. That's not where he is. No, I'm just saying that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that would be an interesting. I mean, I. I, it would be interesting if they went there but i feel like that's such a book thing right i don't know if they would go that deep into the into thron's you know species and all of that i do think that his fate is obviously tied with thron i i would like to think that there is some connection to you know kind of the what's going on out in the outer regions and we don't know where you know snoke's origins are so maybe he's out there kind of establishing something and they run across it Kind of thing, like so. There is a connection to the larger story, um, but yeah, I mean the the possibilities are endless.
2: I want Old Lady Ahsoka in Episode Nine. I do too.
1: I think that'd be really awesome.
4: I, I want her teaching Luke in a new cartoon series that the Jedi weren't all they were wrapped up to be. Like,
1: I think it would be weird for her to have any influence over Luke because she's not a Jedi anymore.
2: That's the point. Yeah, she but can. you know what, you know what I think would be cool? Uh, there was Luke
3: in last Jedi. Mm.
2: Mhm. What I think would be cool is to is to actually see a a Luke and Ahsoka conversation where yes. where she's able to explain to him the history and what went down, what happened with her that she knew his father,
4: some Mortis thrown in there and there's, you know, there's the light side and the dark side and the force is not what you think it is. She could slap him in the hand with a piece of grass. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, we do know that Luke kind of went off, you know, searching for uh uh-huh. kind of these type of things after Return of the Jedi. So it would make sense for him to run across someone like her.
4: Yeah.
3: I'd rather see Luke hanging out with the Bendu. That oh, I'd like to see <laughs> That'd Luke
2: be cool, too. cool. That too. Well, Ooh, if you recall when when we first when we first saw that tree on Two, we were thinking, is that the Bendu? Okay.
4: Sure did look a lot like him, didn't it? And then
2: Yoda it? lit it up, and we're like, nope, that's not the Bindu.
4: <laughs> you know, uh, the, 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 that Jedi Temple, the tree, did it have four points coming out from it like the Jedi Temple on Coruscant?
2: Well, that was just a tree.
4: I, I know, should, but maybe the Coruscant so. Jedi Temple was patterned after that. That's you, what I was wondering. You
2: think so? Maybe.
4: It's possible. It's was it the one on Octo the first
1: temple? Right, that's the what I'm The temple
2: was, but the tree wasn't the temple, the right? The tree
4: was the temple, yeah. That's what he calls it.
1: It's the first Jedi temple, or the last, or the something, or most important, okay. something like that, I don't remember. Okay.
2: I thought the temple was something. I thought the temple was some of those ruins and stuff that they were all in. You know, because some of those huts look like those big lethal. you know, uh,
3: that's just where the caretakers live. Zillow B6.
2: Right. No, the caretakers live down the mountain from them. Oh, the that's, father's that's hat the cat looked village. like
4: that. That's, a, that's the village B6. that was
1: built for the Jedi to live in while they were studying at the Temple of the Tree.
4: Yes.
2: My gosh.
3: And now the yeah. poor king and poor I, queen live in there.
1: Yes.
0: Steve, I'm going to jump on your side. I agree. I don't think the tree was the temple. <laughs> Thank you,
2: Aaron. Yeah. I feel like thank you. I I really do appreciate it. No, Steve hates
1: trees. No, I love trees. I I really like the theory of the Porg King and Queen. I think that was a good move. That's the next. That's the (laughs) next thing I would like to see.
2: Okay, let's see here if we can get this. I would
1: like to see Ahsoka having a meeting with the Porg King and Queen. (laughs) (laughs) When
3: all the Porgs unite, they form Porgzilla
2: poor Zilla. And that's the only way we can fight the dreaded Zillow Beast.
4: (laughs) The Emperor is going to clone.
2: (laughs) Man, I wish the Emperor would clone that Zillow Beast. I wish we would have gotten to see a Zillow Beast clone. That would have been amazing. What if we we get to... I wish someone could give me a timestamp real quick of when we see the tree as, as a whole. I can't do that.
1: I can't do that for you.
2: Because I'm sitting here scrubbing through on my phone, and now I'm... <laughs> You're just...
1: scrubbing through the movie?
2: Yes. <laughs> Disney movies anywhere. That's right. That?
0: Yeah, well, it's now it's just movies anywhere. And how about... Oh, Never
2: true. mind, I'm not going to get off on a tangent. Um, well, guys, I I don't know what else there is to say or do. Um... We didn't
3: talk about the attack
2: on the base. Okay. On, on, on
3: the, the Rebels' base.
2: Well, we, did. We, did we didn't a talk bit. enough
4: about it. We didn't
1: talk about Hondo or saying they do fly. Um and <laughs>
2: <laughs> him being like
1: super sad
2: that his friend died and <laughs> that was really what is just magnetic. What an incredible impersonation of Hondo you just did, Teresa.
1: <laughs> did I? I don't know.
3: I don't know what I said.
2: They do fly.
3: My, my point is, we just we have one last opportunity to get Teresa to try and say
2: wolves. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear Lord. That's right. Oh, that scene when Ezra was there and that thing came up behind What What, what rose up behind Ezra, Teresa? Um, what do
1: you want me to say? Can we say wolf? Yes. A
2: big, bad wolf? Wolf, 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 <laughs> <laughs> It's said. It's wolf. When
1: the wolves go woof. Mm. <laughs> that was all
3: I
2: needed to hear. Oh that was so good! she's just like, like finally, she's so flustered and so irritated with us. She's like, you what do you want? Woof 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 woof. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well I haven't figured it's out the. Wolf full- with
1: a crown in a box. In a bowl that's white. Mm. Those are all my bad words that I can't say.
2: <laughs> you can't say white?
1: I usually, like, I with the W and the H, it comes out white. 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 And crown.
2: That's the thing a king just, wears.
1: It's a thing that you color with.
2: No, that what you just said is a thing a no. king wears.
1: No. <laughs> it's not.
2: Well... Wait, this... the
3: music's coming up? Or are we done? Okay. That's it? I, I want to say something. Kill uh, the music. Well, go ahead. I just, if if this is if we're wrapping it all up here, yes. I, I, I got I to start. I got Steve, Teresa, I have to thank the both of you for inviting me on as the third chair. It has been an absolute blast for me to talk Star Wars with you guys as much as I have. Um, Aaron gotta thank you for joining us all these episodes and contributing your knowledge Shaz Bazaar, you and Stuffity have made Steve and I's dreams come true a number of times with your brilliant (laughs) magic (laughs) so I gotta thank you guys and I want to thank Amy and Kay and Adam and Cole and Jawa Jimmy and Jason and John Jackson Miller uh, for coming on and and talking Star Wars with us, and uh, and last, I just want to thank everybody for out there who listens to the, and who has listened to us, and you know some of the nonsense that we've talked and everything. It's it's been a blast. So I really appreciate everyone.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll piggyback that. I want to like Steve. Thank you for. Folding to my
2: pressure. (laughs) To your every whim.
1: (laughs) My every whim. Um, To do the show. And then, of course, Erish. when I needed you the most, you were a true friend and came on and and helped me out a whole lot. And it's been super fun. And I just love the fact that we're friends. It's the best thing ever. And Shaz, you always make me feel super young because I don't know what you're talking about most of the time, but it's all good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's literally the best. And I will gladly go on Techno Retro Dads anytime uh, you want to talk about, like, Care Bears or something. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And then, Aaron, of course, for coming on the show all the time, especially when I ask you, like, five minutes before. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah, no, it's been really, really awesome. And I'm going to miss talking Star Wars with everybody. <laughs>
2: Well, there's listen. There's going to be plenty of Star Wars to talk in the future, and uh, uh, <clears throat> and I just echo the thank yous of Erish and Teresa. We've had so many good people come on the show and hang out with us, and we've had such a good time doing this over the past four years. And we've been glad to bring it to you and have a good time. And thanks everyone who's listened and been a part of the shows at Mixer.com dot com slash Goliverse, and mm-hmm. uh, who've accused us, to, uh, who've accused us, who have. <laughs> encouraged us. us yeah i mean encouraged us to uh to keep going and keep telling there's all kinds of you know to keep doing this stuff and to keep it up and so uh just appreciate you guys the listener shaz has done listen Thrawn aims to kill has been one of the greatest gifts anyone has ever given me and um <laughs> Is and and that that, and then Stephanie's masterful inclusion. of Yes. Yes.
3: The Stephanie kills it. Right. It's just absolute brilliance. Well, that's what I was
2: about to say. Thrawn aims to kill is one of the greatest gifts anyone's ever given to me, and Stephanie made it that much better with his videos. And um, if you haven't sought him out on YouTube, and he's got the one on Vimeo that YouTube took down, which is Lobot listening to disco music on Cloud I City. I love that one. You've got so- to... <laughs> You've got so to check good. it out. And let us not forget Mary Poppins dancing, the uh, 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 Bert dancing to MC oh, Hammer. Oh,
1: that, yes, that's
2: fantastic. The Hammer Pants. And, <laughs> and, and, and the Karate Kid Last Jedi thing, yes, too. Yes, yes. So, Stephanie, I yeah, hope you'll... with like two seconds of Last Jedi footage. Yeah. It's still made it work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, imagine what you could do now, Stephanie. Um, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm just saying Imagine. Um I want the big loudspeakers blaring over the off the uh off the starter story coming into Lothal. Um But uh, Stephanie, stuffy here's what I hope. I hope that Stephanie will keep listening to us on Disney Vault Talk and Geek Out Loud yeah. and uh and and become our official videographer. Um But yeah, thanks to everyone who sat in with us. Eris, you mentioned everyone that you brought on when when Teresa was out for a little bit and uh, and I couldn't remember who all we had on on those shows, and I know you, there were some great people on there. But I go back to the original council of Aaron and Kay and Teresa and Erish and and all the good times we had, and we thank everyone for that. And it was uh, such a good time doing this. And um, as I, as we said, you know, Star Wars is at its best when it gives you answers and also leaves questions. We have no idea where Star Wars is going from here. And uh, Dave Filoni has said there'll be more shows in the, or another show in the future. I think I, I believe I remember him saying that. Maybe it was a dream. I oh, don't know. he did.
1: He's they're working on something.
2: So uh, we're getting a
3: Disney streaming service next year. I think we're going to have all the Star Wars we can handle in the next five years.
2: So you know who knows. And I'm so fond of the name Rebel Yell and the intro and everything. We may just keep it. Who knows?
1: I say we. I say we. Just be ready to podcast when it comes out. We be ready? ready. We be oh,
2: ready yeah. to podcast. Yeah. Steve,
1: Steve, we need a little seagulls to take us out. Oh, yeah, my we way.
2: do. Oh my gosh. I'm We're star- just going to drag this. Hey, out. Why produce- hey, why don't you guys produce? Hey, why don't you guys <laughs> produce the show? I'll uh. <laughs> Come
3: on, you're the master DJ. You can have a song ready to go at just like the slightest mention of it.
2: That's true. He's really good at that. Oh, I'm losing my touch. I'm getting old and arthritic. So, but no, thank you everyone for, for tuning in, for listening all these years. We've had a great time doing it. I hope you've had a great time listening. The feed will still be there to go back and get old episodes and go back on your rewatches and watch with us and rewatch with us and all that good stuff. And, uh, so once again, Eric Schoenweiss, Teresa Delgado, Aaron Gowen, Shaz Bazaar. Aaron, people can find you Where? plug your stuff
0: um, Star Wars Bookworms a podcast I do with, uh, with Teresa um, is the best place to find all of our Star Wars discussions and I have a podcast called Bad Wolf Radio that I do that's all about Doctor Who as well and other Bad stuff Bad Wolf I'm gonna... Radio? Bad Wolf Radio
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Shaz Bazaar, tell us where people can find you
4: Well you can find us at technoretrodads.libsyn.com you can find us over at retrozap.com uh, Techno Retro Dad's on the, the anti-social media. We're, we're all over that as well. And uh, just old stuff. Hey, if you want to go back and look up Tron Decoding the Grid, you know that's that's a lot of fun too. Old Tron uprising episodes.
2: We're pushing for new Tron as much as we're pushing for new Star Wars. Well, there's, there's a yes.
1: Tron Lego set out. Tron Legacy. Awesome. It's, it's a gorgeous Lego set.
2: Awesome. Tron. Yeah, Tron. What's wrong with Tron? Eris, don't end on a bad note.
4: No, it's not a bad note. He, he's all excited about it. He wants to go do some
2: Tron. Oh, okay.
4: I did get that Lego
3: Hulkbuster.
2: Come on, man. Oh, really?
4: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's cool.
2: Wow. I, I could
3: not. Had to.
2: Um, and Vandy War's coming up. I'm pretty excited about that. Eris, anything you want to plug at this point?
3: Uh, Star Wars, Last Shot from Del Rey, out April 17th. It's a Han and Lando adventure It's It might be my favorite book In years All right. That might be my favorite
2: uh, title
4: uh, What an awesome title I wow.
3: absolutely love this book It was so much fun um, Who's writing to- this? Uh, Daniel Jose Older awesome. It will totally get you Pumped to see the solo movie uh, Alright It's just a great adventure
2: Sweet. And oh. it's got
3: a flip jacket if you don't like the han solo side you take it off flip it over and put the lando side on
2: well that's fancy
1: i'll be doing that as soon as i get it
2: <laughs> all right well as as for me um check out geek out loud uh we're still going strong check out disney vault talk still going strong uh rock out loud is is going to be making return very soon so the Goldverse is still there if you're a fan of the Big Honkin' Show, if you enjoy the, the stuff of the Big Honkin' Show, we are finally rebuilding all that, and it's uh, back on the feed. And we're having to re-upload old episodes as we go, because um, we really did have to rebuild that from, from the scratch. But if you want to, you, now's the time to get in on the ground floor, uh, of going all the way back to what we call the first stage of the Big Honkin' Show, and check out things with myself and my co-host at the time, Buck, from those early days on the radio. Uh, right on through to we'll we'll have more modern stuff on there as we go along uh we've got through january 2010 posted right now and uh you can check that out at patreon i mean at big dot com and uh shaz and i have something coming special to our patreon shows and uh uh you can listen to the latest geek out loud to find out all about that and uh so check it out geekoutpodcast.com is where to find everything Thanks again, everyone, so much for Air Shernovice, Teresa Delgado, Aaron Goins, and Shaz Bazaar. I'm Steve Glosson, and uh, we'll see you around the Gullahverse.